Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're going to be talking today about an incredibly important topic, media violence and inconvenient truth. It's inconvenient for the people who make a profit manufacturing and selling uh, violent media, from violent TV shows to violent video games, movies, music, books. There have been, uh, over the past 50 or so years, there have been studies, thousands of studies, uh, by, by countless researchers all over the globe that have come to essentially the same conclusion that the more violent media you ingest, it is cumulative, the more aggressive um, you are likely to become. And, of course, for children, this is especially dangerous, but it's, uh, well, largely because they're uh, going to be fed more and more years of violence than when people start on media violence as an adult, but also because they're still developing and so on. We're going to hear more about this today. But um, and my my guests are very esteemed people who are fighting the good fight, and this good fight is not getting any easier. Um, I was saying before the break, it's it's bog, it boggles. I mean, before we started, it boggles my mind that um, today in 2011 we are still having to say um, over and over again things that were already proven years ago, and they're only. They're only shown to be more true as years go on because uh, people who produce violent media are upping the ante. They're pushing the envelope because we become desensitized uh, to the violence and to the sexual violence. And so they have to push the envelope and make things worse and worse. And yet people, um, people don't, you know, they don't want to hear this. And um, we're, we're all um, involved in trying to make this better known. Um, as, as some of you know from listening to the show before, I've been very active in the field of uh, anti-media violence, um, starting years ago, testifying before Congress four times. Uh, I did. I was the head of the National Coalition on Television Violence. I had a, an essay in Larry King's recent book, Beyond a Reasonable Doubt. My essay was about violent video games and the dangers of it. I've been a clinical researcher for years and on and on. And um, today we have two, there are two reasons why I wanted to do this topic. One is that it's the release of a, yet another violent and sexual video game called Bulletstorm. 
Uh, I was just looking at some of the reviews, and they're not all that exciting, so that's a good thing. But related to Bulletstorm, the the companies that manufacture it apparently um, have had a history of trying to create controversy before the game comes out so that more people pay attention to it. And indeed, that's what happened, and I kind of got swept up inadvertently in it when I was interviewed by FoxNews.com um, and talked about how video games, you know, desensitize people, violent video games desensitize people to violence and sexual, um, when there's a combination of sexual content as well, and these violent acts that people cumulatively are pushed to commit include such things as sexually aggressive acts such as rape. I mean, I wrote it in a much longer um, form, and it was essentially distilled down to uh, bullet storm will cause rape, um, which I'm not backing off from, but uh, obviously that was to sensationalize it, and it has gone viral all over the Internet. And my, my book, my self-help relationship book, Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secret, Secrets have been Amazon bombed. Uh, meaning that all these gamers trying to prove that they are not violent have uh, written incredibly violent reviews on, about the book, which, of course, they couldn't have read um, in the day that they put it on. It all started February 8th when my quote started. So I thought, we would, um, we, I thought that society needed a reminder of just how violent and bad and harmful uh, these video games and other violent media is and so who better to um, talk to you about this than my two guests? I have California State Senator Leland Yee, who is the author of a bill against violent video games um, that he'll tell you all about. That is currently still being decided. Uh, the opposition to it and so on has led it to the Supreme Court. And Melissa Henson of the Parents Television Council a body that has worked for years trying to educate parents about the dangers of video games, and, and not just parents, but everyone. So welcome to the show. Thank you Thank for having you. me. So, Senator, tell us about the history of, of your bill, which was, of course, very courageous and, of course, should have been a, a no-brainer as far as something that everyone should accept. Well, I got involved in this uh, particular issue because uh, my background is uh, that of a child psychologist. Um, I um, uh, have a Ph.D. in that area, and I remember in my graduate uh, school years, uh, uh, Robert Sear at Stanford uh, doing a lot of the uh, preliminary study about aggression, watching aggression and observational learning and all that. But, um, you know, as, as someone who tries to be respectful of the First Amendment, um, looked at alternatives of how you then moderate that behavior so that it does not just immediately get transferred from observing to actually doing it. But um, what, what concerned me um, about five years ago when we first got involved in this area was that these violent um, uh, uh, activities that uh, kids are playing now are far different than just simply passive observing of someone hitting another person. This is where you actually engage in hurting, maiming, killing, burning someone. And as you know, uh, doctor, you, you, what, what happens is that you overlearn that behavior because you're playing these things uh, not hundreds of times, but hundreds of thousands of times, and you get rewarded for that because you 
you you you you you are able to kill someone. You're able to maim someone. You can burn some. So it reinforces that behavior, and then as you indicated earlier, become desensitized to the pain cues, and so this becomes these violent uh, behavior becomes part of your repertoire, and that's when it gets extremely dangerous for children. Yes, absolutely. That um, that it's not just, I mean, television shows, violent television shows and movies are bad enough when you're passively watching this over and over again, but when you are actually pushing things, getting physically involved in in creating this mayhem and, as you say, getting rewarded for it, especially for children who don't get many other rewards in their life. And here they're getting points and all kinds of excitement, you know, praise for for the more violence they can inflict. Well, that's absolutely true. And then we've got a lot of, you know, as you indicate, not, not only research data, but we got a lot of anecdotal data. I mean, when we were talking to law enforcement, uh, they were saying that a lot of these uh, uh, kids uh, would, would, would go ahead and, and practice and practice and practice uh, their uh, these behaviors uh, on on their computer, and then after a while, they start uh, actualizing those behaviors by going out and hurting someone. Uh, uh, in some cases, killing uh, uh, individuals, and that's where it becomes, uh, you know, so scary that we are training our children as to how to hurt and maim individuals. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I know you probably have come across sometimes um, the people who are who are arrested for crimes like killing or assaulting and some of these people don't want to admit, they're ashamed to admit that they learned these things from a video game or, or like that they did a copycat kind of crime when, when sometimes it is so obvious by what they used, you know, like a baseball bat and that was in video games or they copied a particular script and yet sometimes they don't want to admit that they were that influenced. No, you're, you're, you're right. I, I mean, the best example is the Columbine shooting. The Columbine shooting, when the police officers went back and analyzed uh, how in the world did these young individuals, these high schoolers, uh, or, or, or these college-age individuals, went ahead and did what they did, they found that these youngsters uh, would practice uh, the killing and shooting on these ultra-violent video games and then finally uh, plan uh, all of this out because of the things that they learn with these ultraviolet video games. Now, mind you, these uh, games are based on technologies that work, uh, psychological principles, learning principles that work. This is the same type of activity that, that the armed forces use, law enforcement use to train their officers, uh, uh, trained men and women of the uh, military as to how to hunt, stalk, and kill their enemy, kill the bad individual. These technologies are rather effective in training um, our law enforcement uh, folks and and, and the military. So if it works on them, you can be sure that it works on our kids. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now tell us about your bill and the various stages that it's gone through? Well, what, what has happened is that uh, we had a bill uh, that would, in fact, ban the sale of these ultra-violent video games. Not all violent video games, but these ultra-violent video games 
uh, two children. And uh, when the, the bill was passed uh, by uh, both houses of the California State Legislature, uh, the governor, Schwarzenegger, then signed the bill. As soon as uh, it was signed, uh, the industry uh, went into court and put a temporary injunction on it. Uh, the temporary injunction was made permanent. Uh, we appealed that decision. We lost the appeal. Finally, we appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, and they, in fact, uh, decided to hear this particular bill. And so now, um, after the hearing by the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, they are now uh, deliberating on this, and we uh, expect some kind of decision sometime this summer. So what do you think the uh, chances are? We, we, uh, I, I feel pretty uh, confident that, in fact, uh, we will prevail on this uh, particular matter. I think enough of the justices understand what we're trying to do. Uh, we're not uh, talking about all violent games. We're talking about these ultra-violent, a subset of it. In addition to that, uh, what you know, we are saying is that in a limited scope, uh, we ought to uh, prevent these kids from having access to it. Uh, we don't totally eliminate that because we are very respectful parents, and so if the parents wants to give these uh, games to kids, they can still do that under our law. All we're trying to do is to at least, um, uh, at, at the store level, prevent the kids directly from getting it, and hopefully that will cause a conversation to go on between the child and the parent as to why they want it. Maybe that's an opportunity for the parents to kind of convince the kids that this ought not to be something that you'll be playing at this particular time. Yes, absolutely. Well, we need to take a break now, but when we come back, we'll talk more about this. And uh, and, and what I think is so sad is the reason why parents are allowing their children to play these games. So stay tuned. My guests today are California State Senator Leland Yee, uh, the author of the bill against violent video games being sold in retail, and uh, two, the, the, the ultraviolet video games being sold to children who are too young, according to the rating system that the video game industry even gives these video games, and Melissa Henson of the Parents Television Council. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. 
Explore the power and beauty in yourself and in others. Tune in to The Stacey Stern Show, enriching you. Every week, Stacey Stern will connect you with men and women who are living and working from a place of passion. Stacey's guests include successful authors, filmmakers, actors, experts, and leaders. You'll hear what inspires each of them, and you'll be turned on to great films, books, and new media. Tune in to The Stacey Stern Show, enriching you. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking about media violence and inconvenient truth, inconvenient for the people who uh, make tons and tons of... We're, we're talking about a billion-dollar industry or probably a multiple billion dollar industry. I'm sure, Senator, you have the exact figures. Um, but it is so much money that um, the video game industry in particular has, um, will stoop, will do anything to keep a bill like you proposed, um, uh, Senator, on the, you know, try to keep it from going into law all the way up to the Supreme Court, um, and so on. And, and of course, all the while, <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to, to do it in court, and it's another thing to, to um, express it so violently in my own personal email box and so on. But still, all the way, it's really showing just how violent um, and aggressive these games do, do turn people, do make people become. Now, what about, we were talking before the break about the rating system and, of course, your bill that looks at, uh, try, looks at the retail level. I mean, they're trying to make it a First Amendment issue, but that is only if you were trying to pass a law saying that they couldn't make these things, which is not what you're, what you're doing. Tell us more about the rating system and the ages. Sure. Uh, many of these ultra-violent video games are rated M, and so what that means is that uh, you, uh, it's a voluntary program, so you should not be selling uh, these games to uh, individual um, uh, 17 and under. And, but what happens is that because it is voluntary, uh, you uh, end up finding that many store owners do, in fact, sell these games to children because this is a multi-billion dollar industry. This industry is now closely eclipsing the movie industry. It is mm. that big. Mm. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. They're going to try to sell it to anybody and everybody that they can because they want to capture as much of the 
uh, market share. And I will tell you that when this bill was uh, being debated in the halls of our capital, uh, we had, uh, 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 on the industry side, five or six lobbyists representing different elements of the industry, and all we had uh, were the Girl Scouts. They adopted this bill, and, and can you imagine five to six adults hovering over a Girl Scout, and that was sort of the lobbying that was going on. Wow. You know, when you mentioned Columbine, when Columbine happened, um, you know, they, they did polls to see what people thought at the time was causing, caused these two young men to commit this crime. And I remember thinking that, seeing that media violence was pretty high on the list. There were about 10 or 12 uh, possible things that people were, could rate, and media violence was around four or five. And um, I, I remember thinking to myself, well, good, finally everybody has gotten it. And, um, you know, they realize how how the violent media contributes to people becoming violent, and kind of like, uh, my work is done here. And, of course, I was totally wrong, and people still don't want to believe that. And, and I think that one of, the, one of the unfortunate reasons is because as our world is getting, you know, you just have to look in the news today, for example, our world is erupting in violence, so many different countries. And I think that parents are feeling um, uh, powerless, and part of them uh, unconsciously wants to arm their children, you know, to the extent that they know or that even if they don't know exactly, they, they certainly intuitively have an idea that, um, that if their children play these things, play these games, that it will somehow help them to cope with the dangerous world that's out there. You know, I, I, but I hear a lot of other parents who say that this society is getting a lot more violent than when they were children. And I will uh, tell you that uh, when I was growing up, I never thought about bringing a gun. As soon as you bring a gun to uh, school, you not only got expelled, but, there, there, you know, there were severe consequences. You, you, you think about what's going on now these days. Um, not only uh, do, do youngsters bring guns to, to campus, uh, but uh, you have individuals who sort of arm themselves uh, like a paramilitary person, and they go and on a shooting rampage. And, and I think all of us who are adults need to ask the question, you know, what is going on in our society? What is it that is happening in our society that causes that? And I have to tell you that, a lot of it has to do with the fact that so many of our children play these particular games uh, without anybody sort of advising, counseling, helping them understand what is appropriate, what is not appropriate. And so as a result, you've got kids uh, who are just learning that if I get frustrated, if I get upset, that the way in which I deal with it is to go and find a gun and shoot someone or hurt someone, maim someone, and those are the lessons that are being taught by these ultra-violent video games. But we've got to put a stop to that. Yes, if, and these kids I... who are coming home and being latchkey kids, not really um, getting enough love and attention. Of course, these are the kids who are even more vulnerable to um, following the script of these video games. 
And yes, you know, it is happening in our own backyard, not just in these foreign countries. And yes, it is, of course, a factor of, of, of more children um, being raised on video games. You know, remember back with the uh, Ninja Turtles, um, you, know, the, you know, when you look back now at that, what we thought was violent in, in those days, you know, compared to some of the things on video games today, that's, that's like Sesame Street. But I remember that um, one of the good things about talking about violence from the Ninja Turtles is that parents and teachers were able to see, because it was such a stylized kind of violence, that they were, in fact, copying the Ninja Turtles. Young, young children, preschool kids, were copying the kind of violence, um, which, again, by today's standards is nothing, but they could see how they were at least mimicking the Ninja Turtles, which was useful in this debate about media violence and the impact of media violence. Well, well, you're absolutely right. And and then the representative from, you know, Parents uh, Television, you know, they've done a tremendous, uh, they've done a lot of work to kind of help parents understand uh, what's really appropriate, what's not appropriate. And, uh, you know, they've really uh, done a good educational or developed a good educational program uh, for parents about appropriateness of some of these video games. Melissa, that's your cue. Would you like to chime in here? <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you for that, um, Senator Yee. Um, what I wanted to add is uh, we, we were talking a little bit earlier about Columbine. You may recall that after the school shootings in Paducah, um, they brought in a, an expert, a Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, who runs a group called the Killology Institute. And he actually used to, um, and this was something that we were talking about uh, before the break, um, actually, you know, to, uh, from a psychological perspective, how do you help a human being overcome their natural reticence, their natural reluctance to do harm to another human being? And what they do is they use simulators uh, that are very similar to video games played by a lot of these kids. And um, in, in the case of Paducah, uh, what they found was that the child involved had never held a real gun in his life. Uh, and yet he learned how to aim with deadly accuracy from playing a lot of first-person shooter video games. Um, and so I think um, what we are seeing, and I think this is backed up by some more recent medical research that has been done on, you know, where they've actually um, scanned the brain while kids were involved in or uh, playing with uh, violent video games. And and what it is actually doing is, is basically rewiring the brain uh, toward violence, toward an, uh, a predisposition to react violently in certain situations. Yes. You know, it, it is. It, it's you can look at it as a. Um, I mean, I, I've called it an addiction. That media violence is the number one addiction in our country because the more of it you you uh, consume, um, the more it, it becomes addicting. Because you know, as I'm sure you know, Senator He Senator uh, Freud said, um, and maybe Melissa also. Um, Freud, of course, talked about over 100 years ago how um, our inborn drives are aggression and sexual, and um, the aggression becomes socialized to ambition and co- competitiveness in a healthy way uh, if, if, it's, uh, if you are raised in a healthy way. And then, of course, the sexual drive becomes connected to love. And all of this violent media is distorting 
um, how people are raised, and, and, and it's not in a healthy way, and it's actually being acted out in uh, violent and sexual ways. I believe that's I believe that's true, and I think furthermore, um, what we are seeing is that, um, for example, I don't know if you're familiar with old movies or a fan of old movies. I am, and I remember going to a screening of uh, the original uh, silent Lon Chaney movie of the Phantom of the Opera. And uh, when they showed the movie, they talked about the fact that uh, they had ushers walking up and down the aisles with smelling salts because women were fainting in the aisles uh, at the sight of him in this sort of gruesome makeup. Um, So it just shows how far we've come as a culture. Um, You look at that film now and you think, well, it's sort of laughable. It's absurd that anybody would be so shocked at that sight. And and, and you look at what's on TV today, what's in violent video games today, what's in the movies that we're seeing today, far beyond anything that would have been at all recognizable or familiar to movie audiences in the 1920s. Yes. Um, Well, I'm beginning to hear the music, so that means we need to uh, take a break. Um, my guests are California State Senator Leland Yee, the author of the bill regarding video games, uh, the sale of violent video games, and Melissa Henson of the Parents Television Council. We're talking today about media violence and inconvenient truth. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... 
Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about media violence and inconvenient truth, um, and uh, talking with my guests, uh, California State Senator Leland Yee, um, who has authored a bill against violent video games in the retail outlets uh, not being allowed to be sold to underage children, and Melissa Henson of the Parents Television Council. And, Melissa, before the break, you were in the process of reminding us about when things like Phantom of the Opera we, were, we considered scary. <laughs> right. Um, um, so all of that just to say that, you know, our, our cultural norms do shift. Um, and so it, it, um, we see as a response from the entertainment industry this effort to constantly push the envelope to, to change the parameters of what is acceptable in order to increase that shock value or to regain that shock value that, that gets lost once viewers become acclimated to what they're seeing on the screen. Yeah. Um, and so it, you do have, I think, sort of this... Uh, almost like a, a similar effect to what you see in drugs. You know, you start out with a gateway drug, and then in order to get that same high, you have to go to something harder. Um, and I think that's what we see, the, 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 that pattern repeated with respect to violent entertainment. In order to get that same reaction from the yes. viewer, they're constantly pushing the limits of what, what can be done and what's acceptable. Yes, that's what I was referring to before when I started talking about uh, calling media violence the number one addiction. Um, I mean, I, it's true because when, for example, today, bullet storms coming out, and so, um, so how do you get kids to buy? And I'm not just picking on bullet storm. It's just that <laughs> this is just sort of the the current one. But um, but how do you get kids to buy or parents to buy? Or just single guys to buy um, the new game. Why should you spend, especially in today's economy? Why should you spend all this money on a new game? You have to push the envelope and uh, try to make it seem more exciting, um, more stimulating, because so that you get to that high again that you no longer get from some of the ones that were tamer. Right. Now, tell, tell us about how you, how did you get involved with the Parents Television Council? How did this become something that you have devoted yourself to? Uh, well, prior to uh, working for the Parents Television Council, I, I had worked with children, you know, throughout my high school and college years. I babysat, and I also worked with uh, uh, school programs, after-school programs, extended day programs, and things like that, and, and saw firsthand how kids were being influenced um, by the media that they were exposed to at home. Um, you know, one notable example that sort of has always stuck in my mind was a second grader who came to school and announced that she wanted to be a prostitute when she grew up because she and her family had watched Pretty Woman <laughs> on television the night before. Um, oh, well. 
you know, and I'm sure, I hope, anyhow, that she didn't really understand (laughs) the full significance of what she was saying. Um, But it did sort of um, alarm me, you know, first of all, that that her parents would have allowed her to watch that movie as a second grader. Um, But also how how, how it reminded me of how very impressionable young children are. And and I'm constantly reminded of that. Um, and I think we tend to forget that. I think we tend to, to assume as we get older that our kids are capable of rational judgment as much as we are and, and, and that they will make rational decisions. Um, and all too often that's not the case. Um, they are much more guided by their, the, by their emotions and, and um, much more likely to do something because it seems fun or it seems exciting, um, not fully comprehending all the risks and, and um, potential harm involved. And so what do you do in your capacity for the... I mean, I guess it's evolved. Have you been always doing... How long have you been with the Parents Television Council? Um, almost from the beginning. Uh, the PTC was founded in 1995, and I started with the PTC in 1997. Uh-huh. And has your role been evolving, or what is it... What do you concentrate on? Yeah, um, I've I've done a little bit of everything um, at the PTC. Right now, my focus is... Um, communications and public education and really just trying to get the word out to parents um, that media is not as harmless as as we like to think it is and that there are real-world consequences for giving your kids a steady diet of um, sex and violence and and profanity and that it will affect their worldview and it will affect their behavior. Um, That's not to say every child who, who watches a violent television show or plays a violent video game is going to be uh, aggressive, uh, but certainly it does heighten the risk, um, and especially yes, for kids who yes, are already I, in sort of um, um, at-risk situations. I think they're even more susceptible to those influences. Yes, um, you know, and of course there are these there are these typical positions um, that the other, that the opposition takes when um, in this argument. I mean, it is just like. The cigarette companies, um, who, who said for years, tried to say for years, that all these studies that show that cigarette smoking causes cancer, they would try to find fault with all of them, you know, and, 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 and just, you know, negate them. Right. And until, of course, the, the lawsuits came and they have been forced to financially pay for some of these things. But that's, that's what it has been, and it apparently continues to be, um, in the violent media uh, struggle. Um, that people who are who want to produce these violent video games, for example, will. I mean, I just had this experience firsthand. Here, I, I you know talked about violent video games and what it does, uh, what they do, and um, and got this violent backlash. Um, all in the all in the name of trying to say that all the well first saying that um, first saying that that I had nothing to back it up, and you know actually what happened was as I said talking about Columbine you know after that I kind of thought okay well now everyone knows and maybe that was sort of a simplistic and naive idea but um, I got involved with other things and I wasn't as active uh, in being a spokesperson against media violence. And so when I got this sudden reaction to comments that I said about violent video games, which to me was, you know, things I had said before many, many, (laughs) countless times over the years in the past, um, 
it was kind of shocking, and I didn't have at my fingertips, because they were buried away in files and so on, all these research studies to, to show, to, to give them a quick answer. So, of course, it went over all over the Internet. Psychiatrists can't back up her claim. Mm. Then I went into my files, and I found some uh, many examples of studies, and I put them out there. And uh, then, of course, what was the reaction? Oh, these studies don't show this. I mean, and that's the old argument from when, from years ago when I was more involved. No matter what you put out there and, yeah. and show that this study showed this and this study showed that, and there are different researchers in different parts of the, of the country and so on, different parts of the world. I mean, they're not aligned. This isn't a, um, a conspiracy. Um, and yet, you know, that just like the tobacco industry, they go out there and say, no, no, this doesn't prove it. And, I mean, you know, then what do you say? <laughs> I mean, you're sort of... Yes, it does. These are scientists, but you know it's all to just to just try to uh, pretend that this really isn't true. Yeah, there, there are two things um, that have always struck me. Um, one being that um, it doesn't matter, for example, that there are I think at this point now over three thousand studies that have documented a causal link between exposure to media violence and aggression. Um, they will point to one of four or five studies that were paid for by the entertainment yes. industry that say otherwise. Yes, uh, yes. To disprove the 3,000 studies. <laughs> more than 3,000. It was 3,000 when I was talking about this years ago. It's even more. And, and, and Yeah, so I've always been struck by that. And also, um, we've also experienced what you have, which is, you know, people will send the most vile, hate-filled, obscenity-filled emails to say... Um, I play violent video games, and I'm not aggressive, but yes. F you and, you know, and, and all these yes. other horrible things. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, or, I even got some, um, you know, being rather sarcastic, like uh, I've, I've played video games for years, and um, I'm not going to rape anybody, and, um, uh, or, or no, no, it was, <laughs> I, I played video games for years, I need your help, I'm really afraid I'm going to rape somebody, but then it kind of goes on, and it's obvious, it's, it's sort of a, it's sarcastic, yeah. <laughs> it's not really somebody asking for help, even though they obviously need it, um, <laughs> but yes, you know, I mean, it is frustrating as that is, um, as Senator Lee was, he was saying before, um, you know, it is a multi-billion dollar industry. It is growing, and that is so frightening. I'm sure that you must... Uh, it's frustrating and frightening that despite um, getting the word out to more people, that still, obviously, there are lots of people buying these things. Yeah, um, but more than that, I, th I think what I find especially frustrating is that the, um, the uh, lobbyists and representative for the video game industry, when, when a piece of legislation comes along, like the, the California Violent Video Games Bill, um, they will try to spin this as uh, an infringement on your First Amendment freedom. Right. They will try to spin this as um, we're trying to limit adults' access to M-rated video games. No. Um, what a lot of these statewide efforts have tried to do is merely codify um, the ESRB's own ratings. You know, a lot of what they're trying to do is just say, you say that the game is rated M, it shouldn't be played by children under the age of 17, so let's just prohibit retailers from selling the games to children under the age of seven, 17. But then all of a sudden you're stepping on people's First Amendment freedoms. Um, it, and it's, it's really absurd. And nobody has uh, suggested... 
uh, banning the sale of these games outright. Nobody has suggested um, that that adults shouldn't have access to them. We're merely, merely trying to keep these games out of the hands of kids, and especially kids whose parents aren't involved enough to get the get the facts about these games or to place reasonable restrictions within their own homes. Yes, and you know, um, even before '95, um, actually, uh, because I had started before that. Um, we in the beginning we actually were trying to get um, at least some of the games banned, or you know we did propose um, these the rating system. I mean I was I actually was involved in in setting up the rating system for television shows or proposing it actually to Congress, and uh, which it wound up being adopted, but in a in a bastardized form and in a form where the television industry decides what gets what. And then after that, the same thing with video games. They went along with a rating system, but they don't have any researchers involved in deciding what gets what rating or any psychiatrists or psychologists involved. They do it themselves. It's the fox guarding the hen house. That's right. Uh, we do need to take a break. <laughs> Obviously, I'm, we're both very passionate about this. Um, we do need to take a break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. We're talking about media violence and inconvenient truth. Um, my guest is Melissa Henson of Parents Television Council. Senator Leland Yee uh, had to go off to his meeting, hopefully working, uh, continuing to do his good work, uh, such as the bill he authored against video games being sold to minors when they're not when they're rated in the sense where they're not supposed to be. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. 
go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about media violence and inconvenient truth. Inconvenient for those who make tons of money, billions and billions of dollars, particularly from violent video games that are making our children and even adults, it's not just, not just about children, but um, causing our society to become desensitized to violence and to become cumulatively more aggressive themselves. Yes, not everyone who plays a video game is going to go out and then kill somebody or rape somebody, but um, the more video games, violent and sexual video games you consume, the more likely that is. And, um, you know, even if you don't do an act like that, um, certainly you can't question the fact that our society has become more aggressive altogether. If it's not necessarily killing or raping, it's being more aggressive on the highways with road rage, grabbing a parking spot for, away from somebody else, um, just, you know, in the grocery store, cutting in line. I mean, just daily things that we've kind of come to accept uh, in our daily life. And yes, a lot of this aggression, this violence, this desensitization to, to hurting somebody um, has come from all of this violent media that we have consumed. So um, I'm talking with Melissa Henson of the Parents Television Council. Why don't you tell us about um, how, in all your educational efforts, what you've seen in terms of the audience changing over the last 10 to 15 years, who you speak to? Um, well, I think we we have have seen um, greater recognition nat- nationwide, a greater awareness of of, of this problem, um, and I think more and more people are recognizing media's influence in their kids' lives. Um, I used to say when I started out with the PTC that we would talk to folks about these issues, and their reaction would be. Uh, not that anybody actually said these words to me, but the sense of uh, the reaction we were getting was something along the lines of, oh, yeah, I recognize that it's a problem, but it's a problem for the kid down the street who, yes. you know, mom's out at night and dad's an alcoholic, but it's not a problem for my kid because yes. I'm a good parent. Um, but I think increasingly people are starting to see, you know what, it, it, it may be affecting my child, even if it, not in such an obvious way, you know, even if they're not getting into fights at school or even if they're not bullying um, they're seeing it in, you know, their kids having nightmares or um, being more afraid of the world that they live in, more fearful that something bad is going to happen to them or to their parents. Um, they see it, you know, when their their daughters start um, dressing more provocatively or showing more interest in, in adult subject matter that maybe they hadn't shown interest in before. 
so I think parents get it um, on one level or another. And I think increasingly we have seen um, more and more defenses being put up by the entertainment industry. Uh, you may recall that after the Columbine school shooting, um, there was a bit of retrenchment on the part of the entertainment industry. They were pulling some TV shows that they had slated for the, the, that television season um, that contained high levels of violence. Les Moonves came out and said, anyone who thinks that the media has nothing to do with what happened at Columbine is an idiot. Um, there was some recognition, but now, of course, that attention has turned to other topics or to other things, um, they're going back, you know, full full force and and re-upping the the inappropriate content media that they're directing at our kids. Yes, there's there's this disconnect between the parents on one level having an intellectual awareness or agreement, you know, with this concept, mm-hmm. but at the same time still buying the violent video games for their kids. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, because my kid's too smart to be influenced. Yes. <laughs> Yep. Yes, it's really very sad, and and uh, you know I, I think um, I mean there's no question but that the world is becoming yes you know that that idea that that kids would also think that uh, because of violent media the more violent media they consume that the world is a it's a scary world the scary world syndrome um, well you know that it's become a self fulfilling prophecy the more violent media everyone around the world has been consuming, the more it has become a scary world. That's right. You know, and and, uh, my husband and I often talk about this. We've got a a two-year-old son, and, um, you know, when he was growing up, when he was a kid, it used to be that he'd go out and play after school and um, wasn't expected to come home until dinner time, and his parents never worried about where he was. Um, But not many parents would feel comfortable doing that these days. Right, Um, right. And whether it's because um, the uh, 24-7 cable news cycle um, elevates, things that um, are happening and make them seem much more common than they really are, or whether it's um, things that they're seeing on the small screen or the big screen or video games, are making them perceive the world to be a a dark and scary place. And it does, I think, ultimately become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. Well, I want to make sure that you can give out information as far as where people can uh, find out more about the Parents Television Council and and this um, all of the things that we've been talking about. Yeah, um, you can find us on the web at www.parentstv.org or uh, on Facebook. Uh, just look for the official Parents Television Council page. Okay, that was parentstv.org and the Facebook, the official Parents Television Council page? Yeah, um, I think uh, it's actually Parents Television Council official page. If you I type see, that okay. in the search bar, you should find it. Okay, all right, and I would encourage all of you to please do that. Because um, you know this hasn't gone away, and um, and we do need you know to to stop this uh, more than ever. Because the the more violent the, the world is not going to stop getting more violent. Um, the the more that we continue to consume consume all of this violent media that's just fueling it. That isn't to to disregard. Um, the political and the religious and all the other issues that people are fighting about, um, but but all of that is being fueled by uh, the media violence that we have been unconsciously consuming and feeding to our children. So I'd like to thank um, California State Senator Leland Yee, the author of the bill against 
violent video games being sold at retail stores to children who the ratings say they are not supposed to be sold at. Hopefully the Supreme Court will make a wise decision in that regard. And uh, Melissa Henson of the Parents Television Council, thank you so much. And again, it's parentstv.org or look for them on Facebook. And um, thank you all for listening. Please um, talk about this to your friends. Um, and uh, and and this is this you can't imagine. This is such a this is really at the at the root of everything else of the, of, that goes on in our society, the fabric of our society. Again, it's not that everyone's going to go out there and rape and kill, but certainly we are going out there. I'm sure you've seen it already today that somebody has been a little meaner to you than maybe they would have been. Um, and multiply that person upon person upon person contact, and that just does fulfill the concept of the scary world. So thank you all for listening. Um, but, and by the way, please, please also pass around um, that my website, have, my um, Amazon site, having been Amazon bomb, talk about <laughs> nonviolence. Video games don't make you violent. They just make you bomb Amazon. Um, so check that out as well. It's uh, Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them, and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets. It's a self-help relationship book, nothing to do with violent video games, but you can see from the reviews that sprung up after February 8th, just how violent the video games are making people. So thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.